I know my wife is watching. Okay. Hey, honey. Hey, honey. Um, so, uh, your Bible's open to uh, 2 Corinthians. I may have said 1 Corinthians earlier. I can't remember half. I don't even remember who I am sometimes. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we are going to read quite a bit of God's Word, but that is fantastic. I'll try to limit some of my comments until we get to our focus. But I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Robbie read a portion out of uh, the Exodus where this is where the whole context is where Moses is having to chisel out. If you go back and read where, where Robbie was, 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 the whole context was when, you know, the first set of commandments. Remember what happened when Moses saw the children of uh, worshiping the right, making the golden calf? Do you remember what he did with the two tablets? He dropped them, right? And they shattered. So the second time that it, they were written, he chiseled them. He had to chisel the stone. And then, according to Deuteronomy chapter 10, God wrote on them again. And it's in that context that we have Moses encountering God both on the mountain, but if you keep reading, you find that in His, in his presence, not just on the mountain, but when He entered the presence, that's when His his face would, would shine. Part of what we're reading today has, has that in its context, but our goal is to get to chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. In verse 6, obviously, where that phrase is shown, where it says in verse 6, has shown in our hearts. Folks, just as Moses visibly, his skin was shining and it pretty well it shocked the Jews. We, because of Christ, He has shown in our hearts. And we should be reflecting His glory and people should see that. Not, not our faces, but who we are. I um, can't remember who I sent a text to the other day about... Uh, and, and I've been in many of your hospital rooms over the years, and this is, Diane's not the only one to do this. But I sent somebody a text and said, it's a blessing to be up here at the hospital because Diane is, is a blessing as a patient to the nurses, right? I wasn't. I wasn't a blessing. I had to apologize. So, but um, she was a blessing. She blesses them, you know, and you watch that. And, all, and you would do the same, and you have done the same, and it's all because of what's on the inside. Amen? But it's feeding that inside, this phrase shown in our hearts. It's, how much is put in there is based on what we're doing with God's Word. How much we're looking and reflecting upon Jesus. And the only way you're going to know Jesus is by His Word. And Jesus says that. If you want to know Him, you've got to know His Word. And Jesus said that in, in John 17. So I want to pick up, and in, in the context is important, so um, I'm in chapter 3, 2 Corinthians 3. Um, well, let's just read the whole thing. I'll be quick. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you. We'll go into all the history, but obviously there were people coming in behind Paul that were claiming 
they were apostles, Paul wasn't, uh, and they came with all these, quote, credentials. So Paul's saying, hey, am I going to need credentials again? Uh, you yourselves are our letter of recommendation, written on our hearts to be known and read by all. Paul would brag on what happened to the Corinthians. And you show, verse 3, and you show that you are a letter from Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of the human hearts. Isn't that great? So God is writing on your heart. He keeps writing on your heart. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, the law, the letter of the law, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills. And what he means by that is, the Word of God is true, and it holds people accountable. You're a lawbreaker. You are guilty. So if we just left in the Old Covenant is the letter of the law, you would all that we get from that is you're, you're guilty. Now the Jews, God gave them an act of mercy by saying if you'll go through this sacrificial system, you'll make these offerings, you'll do these incenses, I will accept those as a replacement. But, but the letter kills. That's what Paul wants us to know. Now, if the ministry of death, okay, carved in letters on stone, that's the Old Testament, okay, came with such glory, like when God's glory showed up and delivered the law, it, you know, it, it, it affected Moses, came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end. Once I say it wasn't going to live forever, that, gl that glow. It didn't. And of course, we're going to find out that he veiled himself so they wouldn't know that it was fading. Okay? So that glory was fading. So he'd be in his presence, he'd get out of his presence, and guess what would happen? The glory would fade. In order to cover that, he'd wear a veil. Well, let me tell you what happens to believers. When you're in His presence, He shines in your heart. When you're listening to His Word, He shines in your heart. But when you're obeying the world or living for yourself, you don't reflect Him like you should. Now, let's move on. So, He says, Now, if the ministry of death, carved in letters on stone, came with such glory, that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of His glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? Sure He will. For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Is that not true? Is that not true? Think about that. If, the, if God delivering His truth to the Israelites was glorious, how much more is the message of Christ? Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. So we're going from Old Covenant to New Covenant. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Since we have such 
a hope, Paul says we're very bold. Not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze out the outcome of what was being brought to an end. So part of it was, one day it would glow this much, and the next day wouldn't glow that much because he was out of the presence of God. But their minds, okay, but their minds were hardened, Jewish, for to this day when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains up unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. This trusting in the law, the only, the only replacement for any of that, even if you're talking about uh, living, you're not under the law, let's say you live by freedom, the only way any of this, there's hope in any of it, is through Christ. Because Paul reminds us that because only through Christ is it taken away. Taken away. It's not replaced. In the old sacrifices, they replaced the death of the human, right? They took their place. Christ takes it completely out of the way. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. Some of the Jewish people, they're veiled. They're still pursuing this legalism. This is everything to do with why even the saved Jews, I and mean, if you read State of Little History, you, you know that even saved Jews, many of them couldn't get away from the law. So they would say, know Christ, but then still obey the law. Become a Jew, get circumcised, eat our diet. In, in that way, you're going to be better. So they just couldn't get away from it. Um, yes, to this day, whenever Moses read a veil, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. That is a great statement. I'll come back to it. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Wow, this is incredible. Now, the kurios, this word for Lord, can also mean master, is the Spirit. Now, is he saying that they're exactly the same? No, they're saying they act the same. So, the Lord, how do you know the Lord? How do we know the Lord today? Because the Spirit reveals him, right? So, so this, this glory that we're experiencing, it's not a physical glory, it's a spiritual glory. So it's what he's reminding us. So it, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Now, let me give you a, one, one statement from the book of Romans that will set you free. Romans 6, 1. Maybe Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Is that not free? Let me say, is that not free? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, that's freedom. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, don't you like that? We all, I like that. With unveiled face, Beholding the glory of the Lord are being 
transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Isn't that awesome? It's all about a spiritual life. You know, we, when we talk about are you spiritual or he's real spiritual, really what we're talking about or what you mean when you say that is they're, they're Christ-like. You know, it's not about, I don't encounter Christ physically, one day I will. Uh, but I have to leave this world to do that right now. So, but now I encounter Him by the work of the Spirit. So it's a, we talk about how is your spiritual life. That's what we mean by that. But notice what He says about this and how we're encountering Him. It says, you know, we all with unveiled face, we have to behold Him, are being transformed into the same image from one degree to the other. For this comes from the Lord. Therefore, having this ministry. Now, the ministry goes back to verse 6 where he mentions the ministry. You know, made this vision for the ministry of the new covenant and being, you know, this ministry that we have uh, is the ministry of freedom, right? Not a ministry of condemnation, but a ministry of righteousness. So look what he says. Therefore, having this ministry. That's true of all of us. We're in the ministry, Okay. And that was a simple word. You know, it's not the word for pastor or bishop or deacon. It's the word servant, just servant in general. Therefore, having this service by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced, see, he's getting fired up since what Christ, what he's done for us and allows us to grow and shining in our hearts. Paul gets fired. He says, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's Word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. He had some enemies that he was warning the people. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. And there's these very important words. In their case, so everybody that doesn't respond to the gospel, okay, what's going on? In their case, and I would even say, let's say even for to some degree, I, I don't want, they're not the same, but even for a believer who, who is not growing in the gospel message, is not maturing, some of this may still be happening to them. The devil may be uh, not feel, you know, it's not possessing them but may giving them trouble it says in their case so if they reject the gospel and it's veiled to them in their case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God so it blinds them to the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ for what we proclaim Paul says is not ourselves but we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and with ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. And folks, there's not a greater statement about the ministry, whether you're a, a pastor or whether you're a layperson. Verse 5 is what we proclaim is not about us. It's about Jesus Christ as Lord. And us, ourselves, you, me, we're just servants. And the 
word is better translated slave. It's the word slave, not servant. For God, now here it is. For God, who said, by the way, we're, we just finished a little study in Genesis. When God said, it says, and God said, and you know then what it says? And it was so, right? All through the Genesis account. And God said, and then it says, and it was so. Look what's For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, creation, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Isn't that incredible? But we have, now, those of us that are saved, look what he says in verse 7. But we have this treasure, the treasure of the gospel, the treasure of the light of the world, the treasure of forgiveness, the treasure of regeneration, the treasure of the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. You could just go on and on. We have this treasure in jars of clay. Now, that's an interesting word, words, because if you just think about it, if you go back to Genesis and you read that, what did God make us out of to begin with anyway? Clay, sand, dirt, dirt. So it's kind of a dual little thing there. You know, you know I was talking about that. You think about that. He made man and animals from the ground. So, you know, where, so the value of you is that you're made in the image of God on the inside. And even now, it's about who's on the inside of you. So he says, but we have this treasure, the gospel, salvation, new birth, regeneration, uh, the word, whatever you want to term in jars of clay to show. Now, why is this? To show that the surpassing, I love that word, the word surpassing is to throw way beyond your receiver. It's a, foot, it's a term, uh, athletic term, to throw beyond the bounds. So what he's saying is, is that, man, what God does is just way beyond. It surpasses anything. He says, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Now, go back to chapter 3 and drop down to verse 14. I just want to share with you just a couple of thoughts. Number one, I want you to notice God's promise, okay? Look at chapter 3, verse 14. It says, Their minds were hardened, for to this day when they read the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted. Then he says, Because only through Christ is it taken away. You see that? Now, drop down to verse 16, and then it says, so in Christ alone, we, we preach the exclusivity of Christ. It's not Christ and good works. It's not Christ and baptism. It's not Christ and the Lord's Supper. It's Christ alone. The Reformers in, in the Reformation, that was one of their clarion calls, was Christ alone. Um, they had five, but one of them was in Christ alone. And the word alone. And so, so, because only through Christ is it taken away. But, but look, then he says in verse, but when one turns, what, what 
What biblical word do we use that is the word for turn? Repentance. Isn't that awesome? Look what he says. And that's exactly what he means. But when one... Now, he's describing the promise of Christ, right? Hey, in Christ, it's taken away. But when he, then he's describing what we do. It's, it makes it personal. Not when your dad, not when other people, not when you're part of a church that other people get saved, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. And now... The more you're around and reflect on Jesus, the more glory will shine on you. Do you understand? This, this is true for everybody who's ever been saved. Folks, this is God's Word. This is what Paul wants you to know. God said it. It's true. If He says this is how it happens, this is how it happens. There's no other means. It's Christ alone. It's the Lordship of Christ alone. And you can't know Him unless you repent. Unless you turn to Him. It's the idea of forsaking and turning to... So, but when one turns to the Lord in salvation, that veil is removed. So now, whether it's the veil of works or the veil of hypocrisy, whatever, whatever veil we would have, it's, it's removed. And now Christ can shine on us. So Paul's quickly, he's reminding the believers about the promise, Right? about salvation is incredibly personal. But then he talks about, look at verse 18. I'll be brief. It's progressive. Now, salvation is not progressive. But shining, growing under Christ's likeness. Look what he says. Our, I'm in verse 18. So it's, it's about God's promise. It's about a personal encounter with Christ. But third... It's about a progressive walk with Christ. Look what he says. And we all with unveiled face behold... So he's told us we're saved. He's describing a saved person. Paul's saved and he's assuming that everybody... And we all with unveiled face... Now we're receiving the glory from Christ because we're trusting in Him alone. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed. That's Are being, that's a present, you know, present tense, with continuing action. That means you're doing it today, but you'll have to do it tomorrow. You'll do it this minute, you'll do it next hour, you'll do it the next hour, you'll do it the rest of the day. This is how it's done, moment by moment, day by day. It is an act of progress. We call it progressive sanctification. From, and then he says, are being transformed. By the way, metamorphosis, that's the Greek, you know, you know the word metamorphosis, you know, caterpillar, butterfly. This, so we're, we're transformed in Christ, but then we grow. We grow. This frog becomes a, I mean, this, this tadpole is transformed, becomes a frog, and then you just become a better frog, so to speak. So you grow, it's progressive. From one degree of glory to another. That means more and more you... And it says, into the same image. So, what image? Into the image of Christ. It's the word icon. Christ is the one we're seeking. That's the image we're following. We want to be like Jesus. 
Now, is there any, where in the world are you going to find the information whereby you can be like Jesus? Where is that going to be found? Is it going to be in your opinion? Is it going to be in a survey? No, it's going to be in God's Word. Is it going to be in nice little stories on Sunday morning? It is going to be in God's Word. So, so it, 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 this is about progressive saying, so, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed. By the way, obviously it's a verb, metamorphosis, but it's also passive. Can you metamorphose yourself? No. Right? You can't turn yourself into anything, can you? But who did it at creation? God took nothing and made something. But who can transform you? There's only one. We've already learned His name. Christ. And it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. You don't go do a bunch of stuff. You respond to the Holy Spirit of God. And if you're already saved, how are you going to grow? By the work of the Spirit and the power of the Word. That's how you're going to grow. You want to grow in the likeness of Christ. So are being transformed into the same image. So it's about the promise of Christ. Only in Him is it taken away. It's personal. When one turns to the Lord, it's removed. It's about progressive. Are being transformed. Now we go to chapter 4. And we'll drop back down to verse 6 and 7. And just read this one more time. I want you to see the power of God to work in our lives. He says, for God who said... Let and that he's a he's he's equal he's he's comparing it to creation for God who said let and he says we're a new creation Second Corinthians by the way he's going to say this in chapter five that we're a new creation for God who said let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ so now the God who made everything out of nothing and said let there be light at salvation shines on us. Folks, this is what God does. We just learned in, in Bible study that uh, when the Bible says, and God said, and then it says, and let it be, and it was so, two different ways, and let it be, or and it was so, comes from the Latin word, we say, if you ever heard the word divine fiat, like the car fiat, F-I-A-T, Fiat is the it means the Latin means and so it be or let it be. When God says this is how it happens, you know what it is so. When He says, when Christ will shine on you, that's just the way it is. So we will let the light shine out of the darkness. He'll show in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And He's already mentioned looking beholding the face of Christ back in chapter three verse eighteen. Beholding, and by the way, beholding is the idea of looking at yourself in a mirror. Beholding the glory of the Lord, our being. So it's this act. But folks, here's the three things. It's about the promise. It's about a personal relationship. And it's about the power of God to change our lives. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Uh, Look at chapter 5, verse 17. My Bible's open there, so I'll read this and we'll close. Therefore, I'm in chapter 5, verse 17. Now folks, again, this is God's Word. He says it, and this is the truth. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. Christ has promised a personal encounter that once we experience that, that salvation becomes a progressive life of growing into the image of how Christ lived when He was in this world. Um, this is how the Bible says that when we sing, we used to sing, we are the body of Christ. We represent Christ because Christ is, Christ is in us. And I pray that you take seriously uh, your responsibility to reflect the Lord Jesus. Think about this, His glory shine out of you. Folks, uh, I want to have a time of prayer. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to, I'm going to call us into a little season of prayer. Um, we want to pray for TJ. And uh, specifically, Tim, uh, have y'all heard yet from, bring us up to date. Slow it down. So we need to pray that the opportunity comes and that, I don't know, we'll just pray that it comes and it works. That's what we're going to pray for. Uh, well, we're not going to, I don't want to put TJ in the midst of us, but we want to pray. This is, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to call us into a season of prayer. I'm going to kneel, okay? You can come kneel with me. and I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray and then I'll close. You can pray out loud. And then when I say amen, the ladies, that'll be the benediction. The ladies will go to the fellowship hall, those that want to, and the men will meet right down here who want to, okay? So we're going to go in a season of prayer. I'm inviting you to come to the altar if you physically can. We're going to pray, and then that'll be our benediction.